Good morning. How's everybody doing? Good. It's been a good week at our house. A lot of events took place at the Lou Allen house this week. Uh, we blew up a volcano. A lot of fun. Uh, it's kind of fun you have when you have boys. And uh, we took a little trek up Pinnacle. Uh, we'll talk about that a little bit more in just a few moments. Um, yesterday evening, I guess at dinner time, everybody was talking. Everybody in my family talks all the time. I don't know where they get it from. I don't know where that comes from. But we're all talking at the same time. And then for one brief moment, everybody kind of pauses from talking. And our oldest poses this question to his brother. And it just kind of gets out there really loud in the midst of all of this talking. And my oldest says to uh, his brother, hey, Ryan, have you ever seen a girl with a mustache? <laughs> and everybody went back to talking, so I don't know if Ryan said yes or no, but that little question just kind of like just shot out there, and I just thought it was hilarious. It was just funny. Kids cracked me up. We had a lot of fun this week. Hope you've had a great week. Um, if you've had a challenging week or hard week, I, I pray that today, while you've been here already, and as we continue to spend time together, that you will find um, encouragement in our great Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Um, if it's your first time here at HC, we want to welcome you. We are so glad that you are here. We're glad that you've chosen to join us today. For the last several weeks, we've been in our series called, We Will Follow. Um, if you've been out on vacation or just haven't been here or um, just um, haven't been listening in, we want to encourage you to uh, download our HC app on your phone and go back and listen to the previous three sermons. Why? Because we think that what we've been talking about, what we've been unpacking from Scripture is huge for you. We think it's huge for our church. We think it's huge for our families. We think it's huge for our neighbors, and we think that it's huge for our community that we all love so much. It's been really cool because um, what I had hoped to happen has been happening. Uh, sometimes I do things on purpose, and uh, sometimes, you know, things just happen on accident. But I, I literally approached this sermon series. In fact, as we were working on it together and our pastors were helping me, they even talked about this. And we talked about how we're kind of taking a few weeks before we really start talking about the how of everything that we've been talking about. Because um, the reason why we wanted to wait on the how a little bit is because we wanted you to want the answer. Because what I've noticed in my life and in other people's lives, you can give people what they need to hear, but if they don't want to hear it, if they're not craving it, if they're not longing for it, if they're not leaning into it, the answer really doesn't do them any good. And so it's been fun because from some of you I've actually heard, when are we going to get to the how? And we started leaning into that last week, and today we're going to lean into that a whole lot more. And it just brings me such great joy to know that you want to know how to do what we've been called to do, because we've been talk, talking a lot about the what we've been called to do and who has called us to do it. And it's Jesus, and he's called all of us to be his disciples and to make disciples. And so we want to help you understand that that not only is your call, but we want to understand how to do that, how you and I can follow Jesus and how you and I can help 
others follow Jesus because it's what he has placed on our lives. I do want you to know, though, there is no magic wand available when it comes to following Jesus and helping others following Jesus. It is a beautiful, messy, grace-filled process. Following Jesus and helping others follow Jesus. If any of you are attempting to help anyone else follow Jesus, you would agree that it is a beautiful, messy, grace-filled process. But we believe that it's a process and that it's a life worth leaning into and living out as Jesus has called us to do. We are going to be looking this morning at the same passage of Scripture that we've been looking at this last several weeks because we just really want to make sure that we get this. Matthew chapter 28, we're going to begin in verse number 18 this morning. Um, underneath your seats, if you need one, we've got brand new Bibles under there. You can pull one out, page 828, make it really easy on you on where to find that. If you don't have a Bible, uh, you have a Bible now. You can take that and take that home with you, but we want to make that available to you. Matthew chapter 28, beginning in verse number 18. And again, I know this is like the fourth week in a row that we've looked at Matthew chapter 28. Um, and so, it kind of reminded me um, of hearing about a pastor that went to a church. He was brand new there. And for almost a year... He preached on John 3.16 over and over. Can you imagine like 52 Sundays in a row, pastor getting up and saying John 3.16, next Sunday, John 3.16, the next Sunday, John 3.16. Finally, some folks in the church are like, hey, we got to know what's going on here. You've been in John 3.16 for almost a year now. When are you going to move on? He said, when you get that, we'll move on to what's next. Right? So... I don't think we're going to be in this for the next year, but for at least today, understand we're reading this again so that we can really absorb it into our lives, so that it can become just who we are as a church and who we are as followers of Jesus. Matthew 28, beginning in verse number 18. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples. Let's pause right there for just a moment. We've been talking much about this word, disciple. We've been talking about what it means to be a disciple. We've been talking about how we become a disciple. And if you've already heard this, great. But if you haven't, I want you to grasp this. Disciples, the simplest definition I would give for you this morning, when we talk about disciples according to the Bible, when we talk about disciples according to Jesus, disciples are people who have decided to follow Jesus, okay? Disciples are people who have decided to follow Jesus. And in following Jesus, obviously, we're listening to Jesus, we're responding to Jesus, um, we're becoming like Jesus. We're doing what Jesus does. Well, how do I become a disciple? It's an understanding of who I am, and it's an understanding of who Jesus is. It's an understanding for you who you are, and it's an understanding of who 
Jesus is. It's coming to that place of understanding that in and of ourselves, we are sinners. We fail. We fall short. We do things that are wrong. We do things that uh, disappoint God. We do things that disagree with God's ways. We have to come to that place of understanding, I've been going down this path. It's not about whether I'm a good person or a bad person. It's not about whether I've been in jail or not. It's about whether or not we've been perfect or not. And every single person in this room and every single person in your neighborhood and the neighborhood next to that, every single person in this state and the next state and in this country and in the next country and all around the world, every single one of us, we find ourselves being imperfect. We find ourselves being sinners. And Jesus is perfect. We're imperfect. He's perfect. We find ourselves literally dying in our sin. We are physically one day going to die because of sin. Sin is what kills and destroys. And Jesus, on the other hand, dies in our place. He who was perfect, never sinned, was perfect in every single way, died in our place. And when you and I come to the place that we understand who we are as sinners... And we understand who Jesus is as a Savior. And we decide that we're no longer going to trust our plans, our ways, our good works, our good deeds, our religion, our way of life, our whatever. And we decide then to place all of our trust and all of our faith in Jesus and in Jesus alone. We become a believer. And in that moment, we become a disciple of Jesus. And every single day after making that life-changing placing of faith in Jesus, we are deciding to follow Jesus again and again and again. In fact, in Scripture, it says when it comes to being a disciple, that you've really got to decide daily. Daily. So today, I don't know if you were a disciple yesterday or not, but today I want you to choose to be a disciple of Jesus. Believers, Folks that have placed your faith in Jesus, maybe for the last six days, you just haven't been following Jesus. Today, let's choose to follow Jesus. To follow Jesus. Now look at verse number 20. Well, we need to finish verse number 19. Excuse me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Verse 20. Teach teach. I don't know what you think about when you think about teaching. I think probably most of us um, that are in this room probably think about two big things when we think about teaching. We think about elementary school, right? And those uh, sweet people, those ladies and those gentlemen that taught us. And, and some of us are so glad that we're not there anymore, right? We're done with school. Hallelujah. Thank you for teachers. But whew, and when can the kids go back, right? That's what we think about when we think about teach. And I would say the second thing that most of us in this room think about when we think about teaching, we think about a guy like me, as strange as I am, standing up in front of a lot of people talking about things that would be considered teaching. We would consider preaching and teaching kind of synonymous. So we think about going to church and someone telling us something that we need to know. And I hope this morning that I'm found guilty of teaching. I hope this morning uh, that you're hearing things that are informative to you. Um, I hope it goes beyond informative, though, and I hope it becomes and pray it becomes transformative in your life. 
So when we think about teaching, we think about, you know, teachers at school, and then we think kind of like teachers at church, potentially. So when he talks about teaching, uh, I think a lot of us think, well, that sounds like your job, Kyle, teaching. Well, let's read on and let's unpack this a little bit more. Verse 20. Teach these new disciples. New disciples. New disciples would be new believers. New disciples would be people who were not following Jesus yesterday, if you will, but today they've decided to follow Jesus. Recent life change has taken place in them for them to say, I'm not going to follow my way anymore. I'm not going to follow the world's way anymore, but I'm going to follow the way of Jesus. And we're called here in verse number 20 to teach these new disciples, people who have believed in Jesus, and they're willing to follow Jesus, but they don't know much about what Jesus wants them to do. If you know anybody that has recently said, I want to follow Jesus, but they really don't know how to follow Jesus, would you raise your hand? If you know anybody that's recently said, I want to follow Jesus, but they really just don't know how to follow him. If you know anybody like that, would you raise your hand? Really, only six of you know people that have recently decided to follow Jesus, but they really don't know how to follow Jesus. So it's either one of two things. You don't know many people at all that have recently decided to follow Jesus, or everybody that you know that's recently decided to follow Jesus knows everything about following Jesus. So let me ask the question again. How many of you know people that have recently decided to follow Jesus, but they don't know how to follow Jesus? I'm raising my hand again. All right, we, we upped the hands a little bit. Whoo, all right. Sometimes you have to clarify the question, right? We're kind of on the same page now. And so he's telling us to teach these people, these new disciples, these new disciples, these new followers of Jesus, what Jesus wants them to do. Look on in verse number 20. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands. So Jesus is like, I want my disciples to obey me. Well, even if you are a believer, you probably wrestle with this question. You probably don't word it this way, but our lives prove that we wrestle with it. And it's this question, why should I obey Jesus? Again, we probably wouldn't tell anybody, man, I'm struggling with the idea of obeying Jesus, but our lives and the decisions that we're making Prove that we wrestle with that question. Why should I obey Jesus? Why should I do what he tells me to do? Well, yesterday, uh, it was a beautiful day. In fact, for our family, it kind of reminded us of summertime in Washington. The temperature was very moderate, and the humidity was very, very low. Whew, it was nice. Wasn't yesterday just a beautiful, beautiful day? And so uh, we got to uh, see my mom and dad. They were traveling through, and we got to meet up with them for lunch for a little bit, and that was really cool, and they headed on, so we enjoyed that. And from there, we headed out to um, Pinnacle. Uh, they call it a mountain. Anyway, um, <laughs> we went. It's a beautiful place. And um, we went out, and we decided we would trek up Pinnacle. And so it was uh, my wife and I and our four kids. We have a 10-year-old, we have an 8-year-old, and then we have twins that will be six in a few days, which is kind of hard to believe. And so we had a lot of people in tow. And so it was one of those deals, you know, everybody stay together kind of thing, and we struggled with that a time or two. But anyway, uh, we're heading up, and, and, you know, there's parts of it. I mean, it's, it's pretty, you know, treacherous, you know, you could say that. 
And so anyway, we're going up, and, and we're, kind of, we're kind of backlogged here a little bit. I've got a couple guys in front of me, my guys in front of me, and, and it's kind of steep and kind of narrow there, and there's kind of a tree here, and, and we're, we're trying to work it on up. We're not, we're not going slow overall, but in this moment, we're kind of moving slow. And about that time, I could sense somebody's presence behind me, and I don't know who it is, but whoever it is has got to wait, right? And uh, Terry, my wife, she is, my wife's one of the kindest people on the planet, by the way. She just is. And um, my wife, just trying to help me be kind, because I'm not one of the kindest people on the planet, um, she's like, hey, Kyle, you might want to move over. That gentleman wants through. And in my head, I don't know what I said out loud, but in my head, I'm like, I don't care who they are. They're just going to have to wait, right? Because it was just narrow, and there was really nowhere for me to go. Anyway, we finally got to a little bit wider spot, and this guy, like a mountain goat, just, I mean, on up. I mean, just like, what in the world, man? And so it was kind of tortoise and the hare thing going on. Uh, we would go a little bit further, and he would be sitting down, you know, taking a break, and, you know, we would just still be going. We'd kind of get ahead of him by a few steps, and then back around he'd go, you know, like a mountain goat up the top. So we get to the top, beautiful bluebird day. We could just see all over. It was gorgeous, and we're up there enjoying the scenery. And uh, that guy is still up there. Well, i got to be honest, he kind of had that look and that vibe about him that I kind of had my eye on him just a little bit. I don't know why, but I just did. And uh, anyway, as we were up there, he was kind of near us. And I don't want to say he was staring at us, but he was kind of watching our activity. And I didn't know what was about to go down, but as a dad and a father, I was prepared to do whatever I needed to do, right? I was ready. So anyway, we're watching this guy, and um, about that time, sure enough, Shirt off, slimy self, he gets up and he comes over, and I'm like, what, what, what does he want, you know? Like, what's his deal? Anyway, in just the nicest tone of voice, this guy says, hey, I see you're together as a family. Would you guys like me to take a, you know, a family photo of you while you're on top of here? And he's like, uh, you know, I'll be happy to do that for you. And he actually used these words, I'm just here to serve. I want people to have a good time. And I was like, huh, guess I read this guy wrong. <laughs> so... We hand him uh, Terry's phone, and, and he's like, okay, you know, and we got all together, and he got back over here, and we're kind of up on a rock, you know, kind of perched up. We can't really do anything, you know, like we'd have to take a little walk in there. And he's like, one, two, three. And like a mountain goat, he heads back down the mountain. Phone gone. We're duped. I'm mad. You never know. There is a being that is evil to the core. He hates you. He hates your family. He hates your neighbors. He hates the people sitting next to you right now. The Word of God tells us that he is our enemy. His name is Satan. He is very real. I cannot fully explain him. I definitely don't fully understand him. I just know that he's real and that he's evil. And the Word of God declares him to be a thief. He is always seeking with you to steal from you, to kill you, and or to destroy you. And let me tell you something. He can fool you in a heartbeat. I'm not going to get fooled. Listen, if you listen to him, you will get fooled. 
He's been fooling people since the beginning. Adam and Eve, he tricked them. That's the reason why we're in this chaos that we're in today. That's the reason why we're in this sin-broken world today. It's because of Satan, our enemy, the arch enemy of Jesus, has been tricking people since the beginning. Listen, you never know if you can trust somebody or not. But I'm here to tell you, you can always, always know that you cannot, you should not trust Satan. He's always out to trick you. He's always out to steal from you. He's always out to kill you. He's always out to destroy you. John chapter 10 and verse number 10 is where you find that. On the opposite end of the spectrum, though, we have another whose name is Jesus. And Jesus, the opposite of the thief who has come to steal and to kill and to destroy, has come to bring life and life more abundantly. So you and I many times will choose to listen to our enemy who is out to steal from us, kill us, and destroy us, why, 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 why will we not choose to listen to the one and obey the one who came here to bring us life and to bring it to us more abundantly? The one who lived his life for our sake, the one who gave up his life on a cruel cross for our sake, the one who came back from the dead so that we could experience real life, the one who today, this very day, is interceding, is talking on our behalf, is going to bat on our behalf with the Father. Why would we not choose to trust him? He's trustworthy. So when Jesus says, hey, I want you to follow my commands, Jesus is not a killjoy. Jesus is not looking at you in your life. Man, I don't want you to have any more fun. I just want you to do my stuff and just be bored all the time and just go to church all the time and just, you know, just, that's all I want from you. No! Jesus has come to bring you life and to bring you life abundantly. So when Jesus says to me, Jesus says to you, I want you to obey my commands. He's saying, listen, the path that I'm going to put you on, the direction that I'm going to put you on, the things my commands are going to cause you to do are going to do nothing but bring life to you. Tell me about families that are falling apart, and I will tell you there is somebody in the mix that has chosen to buy into the lies of the thief, and he is breaking down that family. You're not going to find a family that's falling apart in which everybody is like, hey, Jesus, what do you want me to do? You're going to find a family falling apart that's like at least one person saying, you know what, I think today I think I'll listen to the thief. Today I think that I will buy in to what he is saying. Now he's tricky and he's slippery and you wouldn't say you're listening to Satan because he's so smooth sometimes you don't even know that you're listening to him. He can't be trusted. And by the way, the story on Pinnacle, he actually didn't take our phone. He handed it back to us, and we're enjoying the picture today. So some of you now are wondering whether I'm trustworthy or not, right? Do you see how easy you can be misled? Do you get it? And by the way, to the best of my knowledge, that's the only thing today I'm telling you that's not true. 
And I mean that because, like, I know I kind of mess with you pretty hard right there, right? Here's the deal. Some of us don't even need Satan. We trick ourselves. This isn't going to hurt anybody. I can quit when I want to. I call it self-dupification. We just dupe ourselves. We buy into our own lies. We don't even need the thief. We, we've been so wrapped up in the way of this world that we actually can trick ourselves. And so we need someone who is always going to be, speak truth to us and be trustworthy and know that he's going to set our paths straight and his name is Jesus. That's the reason why he calls you to follow his commands. He's not calling you to just a bland, boring, lifeless life. He's calling you to a full full life. Notice again in verse number 20, teach the, these new disciples to obey all, not just some, not the ones you like, and leave out the ones you don't like. Anybody like me, you got favorite scriptures and there's others you just don't really like going to, and the ones you really don't like going to a lot of times are the ones that like speak the most boldly to you. Are you with me? He says, no, 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 we don't do that. We take all of it, all of the commands. He says, teach these new disciples all the commands I have given you, hmm, who gave them to us? What does it say? Yep, some of you just went ahead. The pronouns I, Jesus is talking, and therefore Jesus gave them to you. This is not about me telling you to follow my values, follow my rules, follow my way. This is not about us saying, hey, follow the path and the direction that Holland Chapel has put forth for you. No, 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 no. This goes so much greater. So much to a higher level. We're talking about divine level here. Jesus saying, these are commands that I have given you. So when I'm following Jesus, I'm not following your values and vision. I'm following his values and vision. When I'm making other disciples, I'm not saying, hey, come be like me. I'm saying, hey, come be like Jesus. Come be like Jesus. So if we're going to be followers of Jesus, we must obey his commands. Correct? If we're going to be followers of Jesus, we've got to obey the commands of Jesus. Can we agree that that's like what Scripture's teaching here? Okay. Last couple weeks, I've been really, really quiet. Last week, I walked away, and I even told our other pastor, I said, weird day, weird day. I said, I don't know if I, were, I was weird or y'all were weird. All right? I know we're talking about a hard saying here. I get it. I don't know. So I'm just praying that the Holy Spirit's working in our hearts right now. But what we're seeing in Scripture, whether you're getting this or not, is that for me to be a follower of Jesus, I'm going to obey his commands. That's just the path I'm going to be on, and we're going to help others do that. So I want us to wrestle with this big question. You're going to find it in your notes. I want you to fill it in. Here's the big question. If I'm going to follow Jesus, I'm going to, I'm going to do his commands. Here's the question. What does Jesus want me to do today? What does Jesus want me to do today. It's a huge, awesome, powerful, life-changing question. Okay, Jesus, I believe in you. Okay, Jesus, I want to follow you. Okay, Jesus, I want to become like you. Okay, Jesus, I want to do what you tell me to do. You say you've got commands. So today, Jesus, what do you want me to do? If your answer is, I don't know, well, then I say to you, let's find out. Let me give you some things that maybe you should consider as to what 
Jesus wants you to do or not to do. Are you ready? Should I sleep with this woman who's not my wife? Jesus, what would you have me do today? What should I do with my money? By the way, over 2,500 references in Scripture to money. A quarter, one-fourth of the teachings of Jesus are about money. How about this question? Should I put the substance into my body? Jesus, what would you have me do today? Should I be a part of a church? How should I treat my spouse? What about baptism? Sounds weird. Getting wet in public. Is that something I should do? How about this one? I have a friend that did me really wrong. How should I respond to them? For some of you, getting real with others is very intimidating, and it's kind of scary. But you also know it brings potential of your life being radically changed. And so you're asking the question, should I get involved in a gospel community? And how we do that here is through HC groups. Jesus gives us answers to all of this stuff and so much more. Some of you in this room right now are thinking, I already know the answers to all those questions. Everybody ought to know that stuff. Guess what? I would firmly, wholeheartedly agree with you. If you already know all the answers to all those questions that we just posed, Jesus, would you have me to or not have me to, guess what you are called to do? Teach, <laughs> teach new disciples. This calling to make disciples, it's upon me and it's upon you. Wait a minute, teach. I thought that meant like stand up for like 30 minutes and give information. It's so much deeper than that. It's so much deeper than that. It's a calling for life on life. There's two big things that I want to give you to help Others follow Jesus. Number one, teach what you learn. Listen to me, followers of Jesus. You have been called by Jesus to teach what you learn. Not merely store up what you learn as interesting information, but to share it. To pass on what Jesus has done for you. To pass on what Jesus has done in you. And to pass on what Jesus has taught you. If Jesus has taught you anything, you have been called to share that with others. So if you know one thing about Jesus that someone else doesn't know, you have the opportunity and the calling and the commission from Jesus to disciple that person. Well, I thought I had to know it all before I could teach. Are you kidding me? Let me go sit down right now if that's the requirement for teaching in any context. Listen, we're just merely teaching what we know. 
And as I learn something else, guess what I'm going to do with that? I'm going to pass it on. I'm going to share it. There are some of you in this room, you know more about Jesus. You know about more of the Word of God than I do. Take responsibility with that and share it with others. And feel free and share it with me because I want to learn and I want to grow. Number two, share life, not just information. Share life, not just information. Listen to me. Teaching what we believe is easy. I'm going to repeat that because some of you are probably going to push back on it a little bit, but I'm going to say it with like a lot of firm belief that it is true. Teaching what we believe is easy. Discipleship is hard. For instance, I know it's a personality thing, but what I'm doing right now, I'd say this is like the easiest part of my week. What I'm doing right now, I love it. I love, I love communicating with people. I love, I love connecting with people from the platform. I love teaching. I love giving information. I love giving information that's transformative. I like to make people laugh. I like to make people lean in. I, I like for people to be engaged. I like for people to go, wow, God said that. That's really cool. I love all that. But I'm saying this right here is like the easiest part of my week. Discipleship, it is hard. Discipleship involves relationships. Discipleship involves relationship with Jesus, and discipleship involves relationship with other followers of Jesus. I don't know if you've ever tried to do life with other followers of Jesus. It's hard. You know why? They're people. It's the reason why marriage is hard. It's the reason why parenting is hard. It's the reason why life is hard. People are the reason why life is hard. If you want an easy life, just stay away from people. And so, like, if I want to make it easy, I talk to you right now. I slip out of here when we're done, and I don't talk to anybody. Easy day. Easy day. Hard part for me, we get done. I hang out down here. I hang out in the back. And some of you start interacting with me. And I'm not saying you're hard people, but I'm just saying that's when it starts getting messy. Because right now, everything sounds good. You look, you look good. I mean, you look good. You smell good. You know, you're here at church. I mean, it's really good. And then you walk up to me or I walk up to you and we start talking about life and it starts getting real and I realize there's chaos in your life and you realize there's chaos in my life and what's our natural reaction? Hey, we'll see you later. God bless you. (laughs) Woo, let's go to lunch, right? And then you get in the car with your family and next thing you know, you know, they're in the back, yeah, yeah, because they don't want to go here or they don't want to go there and you're like, whoo, this is hard. Discipleship involves relationships. If you're married, you're in a discipleship relationship. If you've got kids, you're in a discipleship relationship. If you've got friends, you're in a discipleship relationship. It's a calling, and it's hard. It's very hard. It's more than just getting together once a week. It's doing life together, and it's messy. It sounds hard. It is. It sounds selfless. It is. It sounds biblical. It is. It sounds like what Jesus wants us to do. It is. Sounds like we need to not only know the commands of Jesus, but we need to be obeying the commands of Jesus. 
and then showing others how to live that out. We need to be demonstrating how to obey Jesus. Discipleship is about living life together rather than just one structured meeting per week. I'm just telling you, Sunday mornings are easy. I got good people around me that do everything. Keaton's awesome. Our children's people are awesome. Our pastors are awesome. Sunday mornings, it's easy. Start doing life. Start what's going on, figuring out what's going on in people's marriages or homes or finances or work relationships or lack thereof because you just got laid off or they're going through grief or whatever it is that's happened in their life lately and it just gets really, really messy. And Jesus is calling me, Jesus is calling you into this life that's really, really messy. But it's beautiful and it's grace-filled and it's worth it. And as we follow Jesus and help others do the same, we see people really experience him and the life change that comes through him. If you're here today and you're thinking, okay, I'm going to follow Jesus. Great. I love that you're there. But don't leave here merely saying, I'm going to follow Jesus. Because if you leave here saying, I'm going to follow Jesus, you're going to miss it. It's not about me saying, I'm going to follow Jesus. It's about us saying, we are going to follow Jesus. As hard and as complicated as other people make life, people are necessary for life. Even much more, much more so, people are necessary for us to really follow Jesus. But it's worth it. It's worth it. It's worth it. Church is so much more, so much deeper than just this gathering. It's following Jesus together in life, wrestling with life's choices and seeking the plan of Jesus, finding answers together, what his plans and his commands are, and then doing them. And by God's grace, we will follow. Got a couple next steps I want you to consider this morning. They're on the back side of your communication card. They're also going to be on the screen. A couple of decisions to put in front of you that maybe you need to take today. Maybe for you, your next step today is to say, Jesus, what do you want me to do today? You need to ask that question. What do you want me to do today? For some of you in this room, you're at that place of deciding whether or not you're going to be a believer or not. You're understanding that you're a sinner in and of yourself just like the rest of us are. And you are going to have to decide, okay, is Jesus going to be my Savior or am I going to continue to go my direction? And you're thinking about today, should I or shouldn't I place my faith in Jesus? Should I or shouldn't I? Jesus hanging on the cross, blood flowing down, says, choose me. Jesus, alive and well today because he came back up from the dead, says, yeah, trust me. I'm the one that predicted my perfect life, predicted my terrible death, and predicted my resurrection, and I pulled it all off. He says, yes, trust me. Some of you are making marriage decisions. Some of you are making financial decisions. Some of you are making work-related decisions. Uh, some of you are making moral decisions. Some of you today, and you say, Jesus, what do you want me to do? Next step that I want you to consider is to share with 
And this is where a name comes in for you. Who is it? Your next step today is just to share with, who is it, what Jesus has taught you so far. Well, you know, like some of those questions that you asked earlier, should we this or should we, I know some of that stuff. Well, I got a friend who's believing in Jesus and trying to follow him and they don't really know. I guess I need to have lunch with them and just start sharing my heart and tell them what Jesus has taught me. Not say these are my values or this is what I do, but this is what Jesus showed me. And it's really hard, but it's worth it. And I just want to teach that to you. I want to share that with you. I want to pass that along to you, and I want to pray for you. Guess what I just described to you? Discipling someone. That's what I just described to you. It's not about you having all the answers. It's not about you knowing where every single verse of Scripture is, and that's great and that's good. We want you to move forward in that. That's wonderful. You can use all those things in discipling other people. But if you're not using what God has already given you and taught you, if you're not already obeying the commands he's given you and passing those along to others, then it really doesn't matter how much you know. It really doesn't matter how many verses you have memorized. It just doesn't matter. It's not about what you know. It's about who you're becoming through his grace. What we're going to do right now is we're going to pray. We're going to ask God just to work on our hearts as we have heard from him hopefully this morning. And when we're done with this prayer, um, I want you to um, just know that Jesus is real and that Jesus um, is for you, that Jesus lived for you, that Jesus died for you, that Jesus rose again from the dead for you. If you need to become a believer today, we'd love for you to do that. Uh, We'd love for you to do that. Um, In just a bit, uh, we're going to be, some of our pastors will be in the front, some of us will be out towards the back. You can find any one of us, and man, we'd love to talk with you more about Jesus. If you're like, hey, I'd rather meet up uh, during the week sometime, then let's meet up during the week. Let's talk about Jesus. If you're thinking about some of these questions we've posed today, like, what would Jesus have me do today? Or, or should I disciple other people? Or, or who should I share this with? We want you to take those steps. We want you to take those steps. Let's pray.